And uh, good day. Happy Masters, everybody. Uh, welcome to the very first episode of a golf show that's a little bit different here on TSN 1150. It's a show that's about golf, but a very specific part of it. Yeah, we're going to talk about the Masters, and yeah, we'll talk about this and that, but mostly we focus on the mental performance side of the game, and our uh, sort of reason to be is we think we can take four to six shots off your handicap today just by listening to this show. Welcome to Swing Thoughts. My name is uh, Howard Glassman. Also known as uh, Humble Howard from the Humble and Fred Show, along with uh, my friend Tim O'Connor. Tim is the mental performance coach for the Glen Abbey Golf Academy and a uh, fine sports writer. He's written several of the uh, the best golf books that you could ever buy, including Mo Norman's The Feeling of Greatness. And he has greatness within him. <laughs> he is. He, oh boy. <laughs> he, he is the feeling of greatness. And, uh, and here we are. Uh, we, we've done uh, 80. This is our 88th podcast. And after three years, we're thrilled to be on TSN. Yes, Tim? good morning. Yes, I have the feeling of gratitude. Here we are. I'm with my friend. Howard, who have been doing this show for over three years, and we're on TSN today for the first time. This is really, really cool. It is kind of cool. And, you know, when we started uh, years ago, we were quite adamant that part of the thing that holds a lot of people back in golf is that they waste a lot of shots by being angry and and going crazy and they can't control themselves. And you and I thought, you know, there's a better way to play the game for more fun and to actually get better at it by controlling yourself a little bit. Yeah, it's interesting that it, as a avid player and you're a nut bar golfer and it's the place that people usually go is they go to the range or they try and figure out something in their technique. And I think that usually the place that they haven't looked is that space between their ears. And I, I, you really talk to a lot of top players and uh, and coaches as well, even coaches teach, tech, teach technique. And if you aren't able, if you're unable to think well manage your emotions you're going to have a tough time on the golf course so it's been our experience together that when um you know we can kind of manage that as i say the space between the ears golf becomes way more fun and you have a better sense of freedom and uh, oh bonus you play better um on the show today uh by the way the show is brought to you by adidas uh as well TaylorMade Golf, the number one driver, and on the show today, in the next 60 minutes, you're going to hear from uh, a couple of very interesting people. Cameron Jacobs from TaylorMade is going to tell you how getting your clubs to actually fit you, like you wouldn't, you know, it's so funny, you wouldn't buy shoes that sort of fit and walk around with them and expect to be comfortable, but a lot of people just go buy golf clubs. Anyway, today we'll talk to Cameron, as well as an old friend of ours who works with PGA Tour players and uh, European Tour players and, and all kinds of amateur his name is Paul Doolin, and he's going to talk a little bit about why golf is so tough and how we can all make it a little bit easier. But, Timmy, we're also excited to be able to give away all kinds of stuff on our very first show. Yeah, well, it was thanks to our sponsors for uh, a stepping up and supporting us again in this year. We really appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, our listeners uh, are really going to, you know, uh, it's a great package. You want to tell them about it? Well, we're going to give away uh, a bunch of uh, TP. 5X golf balls from TaylorMade, as well as a three-hour full-bag club fitting 
at TaylorMade Whoa. headquarters. Yes. Whoa. <laughs> I saw the, uh, I was going through my phone and I saw the picture of you and your, <laughs> Tim was at TaylorMade. He's all hooked up to this computer and he's got all like a bunch of lights I'm doing my Dieter, my Dieter Sprocket <laughs> imitation. And uh, it always makes me laugh when I say, because I've got a couple shots of me doing that, you doing that. And if you don't know what we're talking about, they basically, in order to get you fit for real, the way the pros do it, they hook you up to this computer and you become kind of an icon in your own video game. And just a, just a shot of you, this sort of, you know, in shape. You should know O'Connor's in shape, but there you are. You're all in shape and you've got all these lights all over your body. It's like a little Christmas tree. It's like a it's, that's exactly. It's like a golfing Christmas tree, and you could have that too, uh, as well. Uh, gear up like the pros uh, for today's. You know, this is the big. You know, the weekend of the Masters. We're going to talk about that. A chance to gear up and wear what some of the Taylor, um, some of the Adidas guys. Well, in fact, some of them are all tailor-made guys too. The Dustin Johnson yeah. and Rom and and uh, anyway, you, we're going to give away. How about this? Tour 360 XT shoes and uh, the ultimate uniform from Adidas, which is shorts and a cool shirt and belts and all sorts of stuff. And we'll tell you in the next 15 or 20 minutes how you can win that. But the first thing we'd love you to do is go to our Facebook page, Swing Thoughts, like it so that you'll be able to figure out how to play this contest that we're going to do today on the show. So that's us. That's what we do. Our show has been on iTunes for three years. Tim, people get a hold of you. You're a mental performance coach as well. You work with who? I work with uh, amateur golfers who uh, include uh, college players on scholarship in the United States, uh, amateurs who play in big events. Like Most of my players, quite frankly, are really good players because they know that if they want to take their game to the next level or compete and not choke in tournaments – you you got to have your mental stuff in order. So I work with a lot of really good players. I work with the average players too. Uh, interestingly, more and more senior guys who are really maybe they've they've kind of done their business, but they've been good players, and now they want to really uh, pay attention to more of their game and compete in things like you know the uh, the mid am or the Canadian senior or you know the Florida State that type of thing. So. All kinds of players, a couple of pros here and there, you know. So, uh, and I do I do some life coaching as well. So, and so if you had to, if someone was going to ask you, and someone's about to ask you, you know, your sort of philosophy around the mental approach to this ridiculous game. And if somebody's listening now, you know, usually after the the weekend, the Masters finishes, Canadians just go. It doesn't matter how cold it'll be next week, and it's supposed to be not bad. We'll just run and go play. So what are some of the things you like to tell people that they might want to think about as they, you know, embark on a new season of play? I would say make it your intent, your game plan to really enjoy yourself this year. I mean, I think mainly so many people go to that first tee with the with all these expectations that, you know, today's the day I'm going to break, you know, 110, 190, 80, whatever. It's almost like you go to the first tee and we're already invested in what the score is going to be. And we're going to judge our day as a success based on our score. And I think if we can kind of put that aside and maybe just be there, enjoy the moment, you know, feel the air on your face, talk to your friends, enjoy the shot, enjoy the moment. And, and you know what? Golf is way more fun that way. And the irony of it is that you play better when you're 
in that sort of state where you're just enjoying yourself. It's, I, I know it's it's radical. It goes completely <laughs> against. It goes completely so- against the golf instruction paradigm of where I need to do everything right. You know, the, the funny thing is, if somebody, most golfers listening would get what you're saying, would get what we're talking about. That you know, the game is difficult, and a lot of times we play it with this sort of sense of it, I don't know it's almost like it's it, we're supposed to be great and perfect and we lose our minds and we get mad and we get we're not much fun to to be around and when you said you know maybe people should make their intention to have fun you know anyone else who plays any other sports like well what else is there isn't that yeah, why, 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 why am I here why, why, you know, <laughs> why else would you do it if it's not that's the weird thing about golf is that it's sometimes we need to remind ourselves and one another that you know, ultimately, you know, we're not pros, even though we'd like to think that sometimes we hit it like a pro. We don't. But and and maybe having fun is the is the actual way to win, to, to win the game. The idea is so that when you leave, no matter what your score is, that you actually, you've had a good day. And as you say, usually if you're in a good uh, frame of mind, you'll actually shoot lower scores, although that's not really the point. No, it's not. But it's really interesting is if someone comes off say uh, a career score play well he said so w- what was that like he goes, well it was easy yeah were you trying hard no <laughs> it was like it was just happening and i think that that's not just from the golf gods going on and give you some golf zone dust here we feel sorry for you you need to have more fun no you can actually make this happen but if you're grinding, if you're trying to get your swing in the right position, you know, as you're doing it and you're all worried about your score, that ain't easy. You're trying to force it. So it's more of a case of getting the heck out of your own way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as I mentioned, this is our 88th podcast on our very first episode on TSN 1150. Uh, just before we introduce... Uh, Cameron Jacobs from uh, TaylorMade, also a PGA professional, a fine player, you know, good teacher, and good and, and a great guy. Uh, just really quickly before we get to that, the Masters. Now, to be honest, we're we're taping the show on the Friday, so we don't know what happened. We don't know did did Brooks Kepka <laughs> did he uh, is he already prevail. did he prevail? Is he already fifteen under? But just really quickly, what have you seen so far uh, from the Masters uh, after the first day? Well, the cream rises to the top for yeah. sure. I mean, that, that leaderboard is amazing. All the best players in the world seem to be there. Uh, the course is a little bit more gettable, as players say, because of uh, the rain they've had. Um, but uh, no surprise to see Kepka there yeah. uh, right now. He and uh, Bryson, the uh, the mad scientist, <laughs> tied at 66. These guys are at the top of their game. Uh, but Tiger's right there, uh, minus two. Rory's in the shouting distance, although he kind of bobbled it in the last two holes. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be an amazing weekend. It usually always is, but uh, I don't know. What, what stuck out for you? Well, as we play the Masters music, I would just like to say that... Uh, I'll, I'll, I'm going to choke up. I'll, I believe what you just said, I totally agree with. The one thing I'd like to pass on, though, just to give you all a little perspective. If you're a scratch player, I read an article this weekend. If you're a scratch golfer, the way they've set the Masters course up, you would shoot 81. If you're an 18 handicap, they estimate that you would shoot 115 at Augusta National. All right, listen, let's get, uh, let me get, now what we're going to do is Tim's going to go on the phone 
And uh, we've got uh, Cameron. Let me see. Cameron, are you... Cameron Jacobs, are you there, sir? I am. Amazing. Uh, from TaylorMade Canada, thanks very much for uh, joining us this morning on TSN. As well, thanks for uh, sponsoring the show as you have these last three years, young man. <laughs> well, well, thanks, thanks so much, and it's awesome to be on with you guys this morning. And, and you know, really, it's it's almost the best time of year. You know, you talk about Christmas Eve, but it's almost Golfmas Eve. It seems as though uh, the Masters this year it, it kickstarts our season really in earnest up here, and and uh, we couldn't be more excited. Um. Cameron, you know, we've both been fit, and we're about to give away a complete tailor-made three-hour full bag fitting. Explain to people, and again, not just because you work for tailor-made, but you're also a golf pro. You've been playing at a high level your whole life. Why is it so important that the, the tools we use actually fit us and can it make a difference? Well, obviously, you know, obviously it's, uh, it's, it's what I do every day. It's I live it, eat it, sleep it, and drink it. But uh, for all golfers out there... Um, there's always a new level of performance you can find. Um, you know, it's such a crazy game. You can play it at all levels of your life, uh, competitively or recreationally. Um, it, it's, it's such a wonderful sport. And really, the equipment uh, can make a difference. And, you know, we see a lot of times uh, golfers sort of struggling with, you know, is it my swing or am I good enough to be fit? I should I take lessons? And there's a, a, a lot of those uh, stories that we see happening across the sport. And, you know, really from a performance perspective, uh, you know, from the outset of our company's history, in 1979, we brought the first metal to the marketplace uh, with the original one, uh, the original driver, and uh, in, in terms of metal woods. Um, and we've been watching how we can help players perform better um, year on year. R&D, you know, is relentless to their pursuit of perfection and how we can change technologies, change componentry, change materials, create new categories. You know, if you think about something as simple as a rescue, um, you know, prior to the introduction of the rescue mid uh, back in 2000, there weren't rescues in the marketplace. You, you had to hit a three iron. Um, so all these little small things that we've done as a brand over the years has added up to, you know, kind of where we are now, where we have adjustable products. Uh, custom fitting is available on mass. Um, you know, whether it's your local pro shops, your local golf stores, you can pretty much go to most spots where golf is played or golf is sold and find the opportunity to test some products out before you buy, which is really the best value for the player. For sure. Cameron, um, let, me, let me just jump in, though. Like, when, when somebody who's never been fit, what, what, tell us a story of somebody, like, they go in for their, their very first fitting. How surprised are they that clubs that fit them actually go better? Well, it's, and it's, it's, a, it's across the board. We see it from very good players that have played their lifetime with off-the-rack equipment to all of a sudden discover while I was leaving, you know, 20 yards or, you know, that shot that I always hit left. Um, and that can be fixed, you know, largely by the equipment. Uh, so if this guy's got a swing that's fairly settled, uh, we can work on equipment that will compensate for any of the misses that they might have. Um, but for a developing player, someone that's, you know, struggling with their game and probably maybe even taking some lessons and confused, you know, would I, would I buy clubs before I get fit or before I take lessons or, or, or do I wait until I'm a little bit better? You know, a, a fitting session can really help to illustrate, you know, where the gaps are in their performance and where equipment might be holding them back from learning or allowing them to get better. You think of, say, maybe a, a taller person trying to play golf with, you know, standard length golf clubs. It's like you, you mentioned too, and you're, you're outside, imagine trying to walk around the wrong size, you know, pair of shoes or pants that were too small, pretty awkward. So, and we, and you see that on the lesson key quite a bit when, you know, you go to the courses across the country. So, uh, a fitting, uh, you know, really, the, there, there's no one right or wrong or one 
general outcome is different for everyone, and that's why really we recommend you know at least trying it once, and even starting off small if you're a little unsure. Uh, you look at you know where most of the strokes are, are are taken up in a round of golf, and it's pretty much with three clubs. It's the driver, the wedge, and the putter. You know, even if you're just looking at, at say, getting a little bit better in, in your game this year or making one uh, purchase in, in your equipment, I'd say start with those aspects first. Have a look at maybe, am I getting everything I can get at my driver? All right, you know, Cameron, um, I believe Mr. Tim O'Connor has a question. Mr. O'Connor? Oh, hang on a second. Tim's muted his phone. We're not hearing Tim. Uh, there we go. Hey, Cameron, what's the difference if uh, I've, I'm catching up with the technology? Thank you, my <laughs> friend here for directing me to be technologically challenged. Um, what's the difference, say, between you know a driver that someone's been using for six years or so and like a new driver? What's the difference in performance that it might make for someone? Oh, yeah, tons. I mean, even in the last 18 months, the engineers have really delivered some, some awesome technology for us. Um, you know, first, first in, in, in seeing Carbon Crown really adopted on mass, uh, you know, replacing the top part of the driver's uh, head, which formerly was made from titanium. It was an all-titanium construction in the past. Now we've replaced that with carbon. Carbon, obviously, a lighter weight material, so we can reallocate weight to the bottom of the club, which makes it launch higher, typically makes it spin less, which produces, from the outset, better launch windows, which means more distance, which obviously is a lot of fun. And then obviously, so how much how much distance are you giving up if you're using an old driver? And maybe how much dispersion might you save by having a new driver? Well, I was going to say that's the other side of the coin. You know, we, we've seen a, a tremendous amount of um, improvement in players' accuracy through the introduction of our twist face technology, which you know uh, changes the radius and, and bulge and roll of a face. How much curvature there is actually in the face of the golf club? Most people would think a golf club's face is dead flat. It actually is a little bit rounded and. Shot struck off the toe would tend to go left. Shot for a righty. Shot struck off the heel would tend to go right. Um, so some of the introductions we've had with twist faces really helped to adjust for those misses that everybody gets from Dustin Johnson right down to the, the ranked beginner. You know, excuse me. And Cameron, if I just want to interject here, because a lot of people, you know, traditionally would say, oh, you know, you can't buy a better golf game. But that's no longer true. Yeah. You, you, can, you can fit a better golf game. And it's possible to make gains. And, and again, obviously, TaylorMade has been so good to us. And we all use, Tim and I, and I've used TaylorMade stuff for a long time. But the idea is you can fit yourself, and that's what we're going to give away today, a, a better, take your regular golf swing, and with the proper fitting, you'll have improvements. So you sort of can buy certainly a better driver, that's for sure. Absolutely, across the board, it, you know, there's there's games to be had in, in every quadrant of the bag. You know, there's drivers, fairway woods, um, irons and iron replacements, wedges, putters, putters especially is something that is very rarely fit by uh, by the golfers in the general public. Uh, but on tour, it's 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 a requisite. Um, you know, even selecting the right golf ball for your game, we have uh, some wonderful options in our TP5, 5X, uh, Product A, Product S. Even the noodle golf ball for some players is is a great ball. Um, but but truly, there's there's a, a a ton of performance that's left on the table by golfers um, across the country and around the world, and you know until you've got something that can help to validate where the performance benefit is, aka getting on a launch monitor. Obviously, at head office, we're very lucky in the performance lab. We've got the highest level of technology with uh, gears, as as you guys had mentioned before, 3D motion capture, so we can actually map the motion of your body and the motion of the club, which gives us a real deep dive picture into what your swing does. And then from there, the guys can can map out 
you know, do we need to build some equipment that's going to compensate for your miss or maybe complement where you're trying to get your game to down the road? It's 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 really really cool and and it's really for everybody. You know, we yeah, we would, fit, it, we would fit for for all levels of play, all ages. Yeah, all I think gender. I think I would like to have you compensate for all my misses, Tim. What did you want to say? We got to wrap up here in a second, sure. though, Cam, Timmy. The difference is amazing when you get uh, newer clubs in, in the performance. You, you, you can, in fact, buy a better golf game. It's true. Like even the, the combination of, say, uh, a newer wedge, like those high-toe wedges that uh, TaylorMade has and the, those, uh, the TP5 balls, the combination of newer grooves, soft ball, Wow, you, you just makes such a difference in the way you can spin the ball and just the control. And, and Cam, speaking of that golf ball, you guys had a, a pretty big get there, getting uh, Ricky Fowler to play your uh, TP5, and uh, and it's made a difference for him because it's it sort of introduced the idea that you can fit a golf ball now as well. Absolutely, you know we we're very lucky with you know the five layer technology we've we've had in since the Penta uh, TP golf ball. Uh, we've built on that franchise year on year, and you know it's it's awesome when we see players of his magnitude really come to us to find a new level of performance that he wasn't getting from his previous level product. Um, and, it, and obviously, we're very lucky we have a very robust tour staff. We have you know literally half of the top ten players in the world playing our golf ball, whether it's Dustin, whether it's Jason Day, uh, you know John Rahm, Roy McIlroy. You know specifically is the is the piece of equipment that pushed him over the top when it, it came time to choose. Taylor made as his brand of choice, uh, and and Ricky saw that same level of performance that he, he was looking for himself in his own game, and it's been a wonderful start to his career. Obviously, a great win for him in Phoenix. Well, listen, Cameron Jacobs, he's uh, he's the guy in charge. He a uh, PGA player, uh, great teacher, master fitter, and you will meet Cameron when you go get your three hour full bag fitting at TaylorMade headquarters, and we're also going to give away a few golf balls at the end of this show. So listen, uh, it's uh, great to have you on the show, Cameron. It won't be for the last time. And uh, okay. hopefully hopefully everyone has learned a little bit about, you know, going to get your game fit. And uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to talk to you again, sir. Have a great season, everyone. All right, my brother. Thanks. All right, there's Cam. Now, let's see. Did I get Tim back on uh, on regular? Are you back now? I'm back. There you the are. Saddle. Okay. I'm trying to do a Steve Tyler. I shouldn't be trying this at 8.30 in the morning on a Friday. No, you're fine. Uh, listen, everybody. Um, so, basically, what we want you to do is go to our Facebook page. It's Swing Thoughts. Just like the page so that at the end of the show, uh, we'll tell you how we're going to have you enter for a full uh, fitting and to win uh, two dozen. We'll give away a couple dozen TP5X golf balls it's interesting that you know it used to be players always played everything from the same manufacturer or whatever but it's interesting that you see players now sort of mixing and matching you know tiger uses a certain ball but he uses tailor-made clubs ricky uses clubs but he uses tailor-made balls that seems to be new in the game yeah it it has i think it's maybe economic circumstances um interesting that when nike that might have been a bit of the Nike thing, you know, because yeah. Nike, you had to be a head-to-toe Nike guy, uh, so that was apparel and clubs. And then they started to change it a bit, and Nike got Jason Day and Rory. So, yeah, I'm not quite sure what the economics are, but it's interesting to see, uh, say, like Sergio. He's got the Callaway hat and the – and the oh, he's got Callaway logo going yeah. and all the – all the Adidas gear, you know, so 
Yeah, but you know what's, re- in- what's interesting, too, is just the uh, TaylorMade's introduced this new ball, and darn it, I can't remember the name of it, but it's the one that's got, like, the interesting little uh, diagram. Um, I think on. it's called the, the I was going to say, I think it's called the Dicks, but that could just be my memory. <laughs> but it's got all these different pictures on it that make it, apparently make it easier to find, which we all need, but yes. it also makes it easier to see the way it spins. Exactly, yeah. And the Ricky Fowler is, they got him involved in the promotion of that. Well, I guess we could prepare better by having the actual we don't, Listen, of, this show, people should know right now, the show is not about preparing. I'll tell you what we do now. We do do have to do, uh, unlike when we just did a podcast. Now that this is a radio show, we have to take a quick break. Uh, it's great to have you with us on our very first episode of Swing Thoughts on TSN 1150 Hamilton. We'll come back, and I promise you, in the next half hour, there'll be a few things that you can take to the golf course this weekend or when it finally stopped snowing. We're back. Uh, welcome to Swing Thoughts. This is the uh, our second half here on uh, TSN 1150, the Masters on uh, this weekend. Uh, but uh, full disclosure, we're uh, taping this uh, one day in advance, so we don't know anything about the Masters, except that it's a tough golf course, and uh, they're expecting some weather. Tim O'Connor, uh, we're here together doing our show. This is our 88th episode of a podcast that is now a radio show, so it's 88 and 1. And uh, I don't know, it's kind of weird that we ended up here. Yeah, for, well, full disclosure, you and I met, and we we had lunch, and we were talking, and we went, wow, he likes this part of the game, I like this part of the game, and what it was is that the mental part of it, the stuff that doesn't get talked as much about in, in golf. Usually it's, you know, I've got to fix my plane and do this and do that and we had such a fascinating conversation we went hmm we should record this <laughs> and we've been recording it for uh for about three years brought to you by TaylorMade. uh at the end of the show we'll tell you how you can win a full three hour uh complete set of clubs uh fitting at TaylorMade headquarters and we've got some of those new golf balls that ricky uh, fowler is using the tp5 and the tp5x as well in this half hour we'll tell you how you can win you know they have these things like all these pro golfers that you see dustin johnson xander shoffley uh sergio all adidas guys well they have those outfits picked out you know months in advance and we have a chance for you today to win some of the same clothing we got shoes, we got shorts, we got shirts that these guys you're seeing on TV are wearing. But now to our next guest, uh, speaking of the guys on TV, uh, our friend Paul Doolin for years and years, 20 years of dealing with high level and and amateur golfers, tour players from around the world and elite uh, athletes uh, in the States and here in Canada. He has also worked at the uh, Glen Abbey Academy in uh, on in Oakville, and uh, he's worked with uh, sociopaths like myself. <laughs> he he um, psychopaths. He, like. <laughs> he is by far one of the uh, one of the best that does what he does. Say hi to Paul Doolin. Hello there, Doodles. Hello. Hello. Uh, recently, you've had some success. One of your players. Uh, who was the guy recently that uh, did very well for you? 
Where, I'm not sure who you're referring to. Just a few weeks ago, one of your players, uh, was it Kyle Stanley or DA Points? One of the guys you've been working with had a nice uh, tournament. Oh, God. Um, you seem... St- <laughs> it's so many, he just can't even... That's it right. just rolls off his back. <laughs> oh, I can't even remember I, I mean, anymore. I, I just, I know we were talking... You and I were... It doesn't matter. You and I were talking recently, and I thought one of your guys, somebody you were working with, a younger player, was having a nice tournament. It doesn't matter. I, I, you know, <laughs> I don't know how this is going to sound, but it's, it's, it, there's quite a few good things going on, so I don't know which one we talked about. Um, I mean, as a Canadian, I, I mean, Roger, Roger Sloan. Roger Sloan. Very good. Oh, yeah, yes. Yeah. Roger, yeah, Roger's had a really good uh, season so far. Um, he, I think when we were talking, he came in second in Puerto Rico. That's what I'm talking about. Um, and he yeah. did TV time in Bay Hill, I think. He did, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. No, he's done really well. I don't know if either of you have ever come across him in your travels, but what a what a fantastic guy. Just a authentically good human being and works really hard, has earned everything that's it's taken to get where he is. He was on tour on on the PJ tour twenty fifteen, got back to the web and and uh has has gotten his way back to uh the PGA tour because uh, you know, obviously, the physical and technical work that these guys all do has has continued to emerge. But he's really focused on on the mental side of things for a couple of years now. And and you know, that's what I'm seeing is that anybody that really takes on this end of the uh, end of the spectrum of work doesn't come overnight. It, like you start to see the the fruit coming on the tree, typically a year, a year and a half in, where there's real consistency and stability. Uh, and this is what the you know the professional level where they have all day to work on this stuff and they have to be consistent and there's tons of you know pressure situations they're in all the time so uh you know to to any amateur that's listening to this thinking about undertaking this this end of the 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 game be patient be consistent work diligently on the few simple things at a time and that's what that's what roger's done and he's done that very well and that's one of the things that i've seen as you know, one of the consistent qualities of people who are really good at this game. Well, let's just step back if we can, because there is nothing but amateurs listening. I mean, there's lots of great players from the Hamilton area. There's uh, Mackenzie Hughes. We've got a, a Corey Connors having a nice uh, couple of weeks. Why is it so tough? Why, uh, this is going to be a, an open-ended question for both you and Tim. But why do we amateurs, golfers in general, uh, why is this game so tough? Well, take that one, Tim. You know, well, I think part of it, what makes it so tough is that we think, I think in many ways, we think we can control our world. And we think that, you know, we'll take on, say, some new information you know, about my golf swing, whatever. I read something or I experience something on the range. Let's say I have a really great range session on a Friday. And I think, wow, I got it. I've mastered this game. Tomorrow I'm going to break 190, 80, whatever. But we go out there and the magic swing thought or the feeling poof gone by the third hole and i think what it speaks to what you were mentioning earlier is that this this drive to get better we think it's almost like information of flipping a switch and we're creatures of habit you know if if you're 40 years old you've had 40 years to groove a way of being and that's not going to change with a new piece of information so i'm going to connect back to what you were saying you need to be patient it takes year it takes time to to develop these things and move them along so it's not just information but it's about integrating it changing your behaviors 
until this stuff becomes unconscious. I don't know. What do you say? Yeah, for sure. Um, There's a phrase I use because, you know, in this, you know, what people call the mental side of the game, I include things like, you know, understanding skill development, how it's facilitated and how it, you know, uh, actually takes place. And there's changes in the body and the brain that, uh, that, that happen and how to facilitate that happening. But the phrase that I encourage people to think about is, if, if you do the right things in the right way, it's impossible not to get better. I know that's a double negative, but it the whole idea that, that basically do the right things. Now, you have, so you have to know what to work on. Let's say you're doing something in your swing technically. You have to know what to work on, and you have to be convinced that it's the right thing to do. And you have to have confidence in the fact that this is the right thing to work on. But you also have to work on it in the right way. And, and the whole science of, of practice is, is something that, you know, people are going to embark on the mental side of the game. I would say look into that end of things first because if you know how habits are developed, habits being things that are happening mostly automatically without being aware of happening, of them, them happening in your system, if you understand how to establish habits, then anything you undertake, whether it's technical work or mental, uh, it's going to make, you know, again, we can say just be patient, but if you don't understand what's actually happening, uh, then then you, you can get lost. I kind of, I refer to things as like visible and invisible progress. So if you plant a seed, there's invisible progress um, and you can water for a while and if you don't see anything coming out, it doesn't mean nothing's happening. It means that you can't see anything yet. And so understanding that process means that you know, you're, you're patient because you understand that there is invisible progress first and visible progress later. But, you know, we live in a society, everyone is, you know, wants, wants success and wants uh, victories immediately. You know, one of the things I read this winter from one of our previous guests, Michael Hebron, who said that um, the golf swing is only 10% of the game. But if somebody's listening now and next weekend they want to start playing again, you know, what they're saying, well, but my golf swing's horrible. How can I actually lower my score? And we're saying, the three of us, I know you guys believe this, there are strategies around the game that have nothing to do with swinging the club that, that can make you, you know, enjoy it more and actually progress to a, a better result. What's interesting is that so many golfers think that if they apply a fix let's say they do something to their golf swing they're going to get the right elbow in front of the right hip or, or some kind of technical thing that that's going to be the magic piece and sometimes it is but it's part of a process as you were saying Paul of in essence training is the word I like to use and how you start to integrate this so it becomes part of, of what you're doing and unfortunately what happens is that you may have a a swing that say has some flaws but if you just swing freely at your target kind of let it go with that flawed swing you can actually play pretty well but when you're trying to make it better you're actually making it worse yeah I've I, I, hung, I hung around with a lady she was sort of my age now but when she was a junior she was at Shady Oaks which is in, in Texas and she was mentored by Ben Hogan after he retired and he hammered into all of his juniors that, and, and this sounds surprising coming from Ben Hogan, who was the best ball striker of his time, but he, he kept hammering at them that it was like he would show up at the range, you know, to warm up for a tournament, uh, like on the tournament day, 
and and he would figure out what he had that day and figure out how he was going to play with it because human beings vary we don't there's no consistency to us and everyone looking for consistency is going to be in trouble if there's consistency in the way that you prepare that's about as far as you can take it but then if you can work with what you got rather than trying to fix what you got you know before heading out and i'm not saying don't work on your game but just you know if you're about to head out and you're hitting a bit of a cut and you don't really like that but that's what's coming off the club face play with that and if it changes during the round then play with that and look it worked for ben hogan and everybody thinks that he was just puring it all the time and you know i think that's most the big guys say they had two good shots around or something like that well that's what i, I mean You've worked with tour players. What what would it? I guess it would surprise us amateurs to know that you know they have the same insecurities and thoughts that we do. They just they've had they figured out strategies around going from the range to the first tee, and that's what a lot of golfers listening are like. You know, I I, I think some days I'm hitting it pretty good, and I and for some reason I can't. It won't transfer to the golf course, or I get going and it's pretty good for a few holes, and and consistency. The act of of searching for it is, you guys, as you know, can, can, you're never going to get it. But reliability, relying on yourself, is something I think that is achievable. Doodles, what do you think of that? I think it all comes down to uh, preparation. It comes it comes down to if you if you're making decisions within what you have, it's impossible to be nervous over the ball. So if you're trying to get something more out of what you've got that day, you're going to start taking on too much risk, and that's what makes people nervous. And and yeah, outside of things like social, you know, people watching you, and you get you know nervous watching with other people watching you. But if I heard Jack Nicholas say, if 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 you're prepared, if you're not, if you're nervous, it's because you haven't prepared. And to me, pre- pre- part of preparation is knowing your game well enough that your decisions are going to keep you safe almost all the time with your shots. In other words, you're not going to get into massive trouble. It doesn't mean you're going to pure it every time. It means that if you do miss it the way you can guess you're going to miss because of your pattern, that you know, you're going to aim somewhere where you're not going to go into the trouble. And and a lot of people would say, well, you know, that's a loser strategy. No, that is actually any good golfer is trying to reduce big numbers first. And and you can drop a bunch of numbers off of your score if you haven't examined decision making and risk management just like in investments or insurance uh, then and if you want confidence out there know your game play within it and don't try and hit shots you're not capable of yeah if there's one key takeaway that our listeners uh could take away from today is that Scoring well is not about making more birdies. It's about getting rid of those big numbers. That's the biggest determinant in terms of playing better in this game. But an interesting thing that you were talking about, this sense of being nervous. that And what happens is we feel nervous when things go on. So that's like we feel that in our body. So any so you, what I think a lot of people do in this think, this mental game, they think it's all about, well, they're thinking. And to me, actually, golf at its purest level is is physical so it's feeling what's going on so if you're standing over a shot and you feel kind of weird and you you got something going on say your stomach or you just your body doesn't feel right your body's giving you a message that you know what you don't have this shot or you're taking on too much but when you when you're standing over the ball and you like feel a little bit more comfortable it's like your body said yeah you got this you've built the evidence you've hit this shot before let her go mm-hmm. totally um, 
I just want to go back to how you started telling that story, Paul, about uh, your experience with a young woman from years ago. Um, is there another th- anything you'd like to share with us about the early times? Of, it doesn't matter, Paul. <clears throat> Paul? See, this show, this show is kind of goes <laughs> where right. no shows go. That's right. <laughs> is, is there some mental performance you'd like to talk about, your early experiences? Um, Hank, <laughs> Hank Haney, I don't know if you guys have heard of Hank Haney, but uh, I listen to a lot of Hank on uh, Sirius XM. And, and one of the I've things... I've heard of Hank Haney. Yeah. He's one a of, famous instructor. I know. That was, I was just kidding. So one of, the thing, one of the things about Hank that he preaches over and over again for amateur golfers is the following. Uh, you don't need to make more birdies, he says. You just need to have eliminate your penalty shots, eliminate your three putts, and eliminate your two chips. And for somebody that shoots 90, if you add up a bunch of the doubles and triples you made, a lot of those, if you just can avoid getting a ball into a hazard or you avoid three-putting, and, and those things are, are is what you were saying, Pauly, those are strategies that you can, you can handle. You can you know, maybe play a little bit more conservatively and make a bogey where you're not making triples and lower your score that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Uh, this might not apply to, to the people who play from the front tees, but if you take a six iron, a wedge, and a putter and go out on the golf course and go to the very front tees and play nine holes and see what you shoot, you might be surprised that it's not a ton different. Uh, if, you're, if you're a higher handicap, it's not a ton different than your average score because you're not missing it all over the place with your longer clubs. That's right. Yeah, well, I see. It's it's interesting with uh, a lot of younger players uh, today. They're so in love with distance and hitting the ball. I mean, I, I get it. If I was, you know, if I was anywhere from say, you know, sixteen to early thirties, and with the equipment today and the, how far, I I guess I'd probably be in love with how far it goes. But if if you're if you're trying to have this combination of having fun and scoring well, it really is being able to make good decisions about. Well, where, where's the opportunity, but where do I not want to go? Where's the challenge? And just making good decisions. That's a huge part of the game. That's why it's so much fun to me is the strategy and the challenge of, of you know, choosing the right club, uh, committing to a shot, a shot shape, and, and that type of stuff. To me, that's, that's a real fun part of the game. Okay, guys, before we let you go here today, before we wrap things up and uh, we announce our contest, so Paul Doolin and uh, and uh, we're with uh, Tim O'Connor from uh, O'ConnorGolf.ca. Paul Doolin, you can uh, look him up on the Internet. I believe you're on the Internet. Um, <laughs> on the interweb. My, on the interweb. So here's my question. When you guys see Brooks Kepka, and, and we're taping this on Friday, so he's still, he may be still leading the Masters, but just in general, what do you see... And again, Paul, you work with tour players. What makes him so different, and is part of that his mental approach? Uh, I've heard him talking about when he finally won the U.S. Open, he stopped putting so much pressure on himself. I I equate pressure to setting a goal you don't control. So mm. if I, I always use this example with people that if I put a gun to your head and said, hit this you know, shot in the fairway, I'm going to shoot you, that's pressure. But if I say, you know, make the right decision, prepare well, um, and, and, you know, make sure your fundamentals are taken care of when you're getting set up to hit the ball, or I'll shoot you, you're not going to be feeling any pressure because you can actually do something about that. And so the more that someone emphasizes that the outcome is the primary thing in what they're doing, and of course we want the outcome to happen, but if that's the, the thing that you're chasing 
it takes your attention off of the things you can do something about that will actually give you a predictable outcome. And it's, it's, it alleviates a ton of different things when, when you just say, look, I'm going to do everything I can and that's got to be good enough. And that sounds like, you know, Loserville 101 to a lot of people, but look, I've got tons of, uh, of interviews that I've got on my computer that are, you know, the top athletes saying the same thing. It's like, look, I can only do what I can do, and I don't, you know, I've heard LeBron James saying things like, you know, I don't believe in pressure. I just put everything, you leave everything on the floor, you know, of course I want to win, but if I leave everything on the floor, everything else is going to take care of itself. And Timmy, do you agree? Oh, absolutely. Uh, Paul, I actually been quoting you recently. Uh, last time we had uh, we had you on the show, you said something that was I thought was so cool. It was about how tour players all their focus is on their process, so pre-impact. They do everything they can, they're fully present to that, take care of business, you know, all those good things, up to impact, and then it's kind of like up to the gods and gravity. Yes, they care where it goes, for sure. Whereas amateurs, it's about post-impact. So they're, so even when they're standing over the shot, they're not fully in the shot because it's, it's where did it go? Or maybe they're trying to do so, so they're not even fully present to what they're doing. So, to me, that's a that that's a really cool thing. Is that you take care of business. It's about the process in the practice. You take care of that stuff. The outcome takes care of itself. Which is yeah, I think, which totally. is a, which is a great takeaway if uh, if you're listening as we for, sort of wrap things up with Paul Doolin. It's uh, P A U L D E W L A N D dot com. Paul dot com. Mental performance coach. Uh, great having you on our very first uh, TSN show. Always a pleasure talking to you. You're a you're a bright young light in the mental performance world. <laughs> and full disclosure, uh, Paulie Guru, as I call him, he's been a. Uh, a good friend and a real mentor uh, for me in the work I've done. So, uh, but a lot yes. of gratitude to, to Guru. Yeah. Oh, shucks. Yeah. Sure. Whatever. <laughs> I'm, I'm, this is the first time I've ever spoken to him. Um, all right, Polly. Uh, thank you, sir. Uh, Paul Doolin and uh, Tim. Just so, Paul, can you just hang up your Skype thing there while Tim and I wrap this thing up? Man, there's a lot of stuff going on in our first show. There you go. I'll so, do a little left. You know. Um, we have a lot to get through here in the last five minutes. So we are doing our, we've recorded our 88th podcast on our very first show on TSN 1150. We got a lot of stuff to give away. So here's the thing. We need you to go to our Facebook page. If you want to win the all new tour 360 XT golf shoe from Adidas and the ultimate uniform, including some uh, 365 shorts and the all new 365 Climb a Cool polo shirt. You got to go to our Facebook page, like the page, get a bunch of other people to do it as well, and enter as many times as you want. All you need to know are the numbers 88, which is our 88th podcast, and number one, which is our first episode on TSN. So 88 and one, and then next week, Tim and I will make a draw. We're giving away tailor-made fitting and some golf balls and all the Adidas stuff. Does that does all that make sense, you think? Yeah, sounds like democracy. Vote early, vote often. Yes. Well, and that's the thing. We don't care how many times you enter. We'll just make a draw. So go like our page. You got to do that to actually post something. But like our page. And then uh, next week at 11 a.m. off the top of the show, we'll announce some winners. And we'd love for you to guys, for you guys to, and, you, and ladies as well, women, 
<laughs> Peoples of all kinds. Human women and human men. And we're, uh, we're all about diversity here, too. So yes. whatever you bring. Left-handers, too. <laughs> them, them as well, yeah. People that swing left-handed. There's good stuff to read on our Facebook page as well. We post their yeah. articles and stuff and comments and cool stuff about this game that we play and drives us nuts. Um, just really briefly before we say goodbye, I don't know what happened to Rory McIlroy, but do you think the pressure, and we talk about pressure, of, of having now five years, every year he comes to the Masters until he wins it, there's going to be the pressure of completing the Grand Slam. Is that too much for him, or do you think he'll prevail? I don't know. I, I, don't, I can't predict whether he'll prevail. I do know that he has consciously done a lot of work to make the game easier for himself. He's talked openly uh, in a lot of interviews about you know reading self-help books, <clears throat> working with a um, performance coach. He's come to really understand how that part of the game has really handcuffed him. Yeah. I mean, you could see it last year's Masters in the final round. That opening tee shot was, I think, out to Washington Road. <laughs> it, was so, it was so bad. Um, so, And I think that's why he's playing so well. So can Rory prevail? Yeah, you never know. Sometimes it's a good bounce. Well, you know, it's funny... And we're, and we're going to, by the way, if you if you want to hear more, we've got a bunch of episodes, as we mentioned, 88 of them. Uh, you can go back and listen to some on the archives. But I'll tell you, today, uh, we're going to wrap things up here in about uh, 60 seconds or so. But we're going to do a podcast extra. Isn't it interesting to hear a, an actual, because you don't hear a lot of tour players talk sort of in that soft way about the other skills of golf and and. Rory's been very upfront. <clears throat> excuse me, in the last month or two, talking about the process and taking care of not not being his golf score. If you listen to what he's saying, it's really good advice for the average players. Absolutely, um, he's really cognizant how it's held him back. Thinking, you know, if I shoot sixty four, I'm a good guy. If I shoot seventy four, not so good. I think golfers, amateur golfers, do that to themselves all the time. Their identity rides up and down with their golf scores. If we can just, I know it's hard, but just start with that awareness that you're, who you are has nothing to do with your golf score. If you can just go out and kind of do your best, you're going to you'd likely give yourself a chance to do your best. And you think about it, if Rory McIlroy, one of the best players that ever played, if he doesn't want to identify with the numbers on the card, then the rest of us shouldn't either. Great job. Tim O'Connor, O'ConnorGolf.ca. You can check me out Monday through uh, Saturday on Funny 820, uh, the Humble and Fred show. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, go like our Facebook page and uh, and uh, make sure you enter. 88 plus 1 can get you any number of things. Adidas, golf shoes, tailor-made fitting, golf balls, and so much more. And... Uh, there you go, our very first episode on TSN 1150. We'll see you next week. All right, we're uh, this is our podcast extra. Uh, so all, you know, all intimate conversations. <laughs> um, I don't know. We're, so what we were just well, talking. We can start using F words again and stuff. You know, it's funny you say that because so every morning we're on, Fred and I are on live from 7 to 9 on terrestrial radio. So obviously we're not swearing, although we have sworn. A couple of times each, by mistake. And then as soon as we're done that, we continue to broadcast on Twitch. 
but it's our podcast extra. And almost immediately, he and I start going, fuck all this. This is bullshit. Um, anyway, uh, we're like the freedom of cable. So, uh, you swing thoughts, uh, original nerds. Uh, we were just talking about Tim and I were just going over how we thought the first show went. And for me, it was a little different. Like I didn't feel as comfortable, you know, because I was trying to get everything in in the first show and we had Cameron on and, uh, and it was great having Paul, but uh, again, the audio was a little bit weird and we're going to, we're going to work out some of those bugs. And I think for a lot of the regular listeners, that show was just a recap. I mean, I tried to, it's almost like you and I tried to fit in everything. We really didn't get a chance to to talk about our sort of core beliefs. And I think we, the only thing I would say is we have to be mindful. We don't need a guest to do this show. And I know we've got some great people lined up, but I think we should really build in to remind one another the breathing room that we usually have. And that's... You know, it's like a round of golf. You know, we're trying to rush everything and do everything perfectly as opposed to just kind of like, yeah, you know, we're, we're fine. If we if we did one segment with a guest maybe and then one segment by ourselves, I think we would get back to sort of the core swing thoughts vibe. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, I think we need some dedicated Howard and Tim time. You know, I think it'd be like a couple in their kitchen. If one, if one, if, if one member of that relationship has got their nose stuck in a laptop, they're distracted. Yeah, you know, we need time together. You know, that, just so we can we can be you know intimate with each other. Well, I think the then and in a guy way, of course. And I think uh, you, I like your little improv bit, but you're missing my point. That that what I think that well, that's fine. It's okay. We, we've been together so long. You don't listen to me. Um, oh, no, I'm kidding. Um, hurt now. Don't be hurt. But what I'm saying is that it's not just about Tim and Howard. It's about the the thing that I think is attractive uh, for the show is that is the time to breathe and that's all i'm saying is that the first show on tsn it was just like okay now we got to get to this now we got to do the exactly, contest now exactly. we got to get paul now we got to get cameron and, and all through it i really wasn't you know as attentive as i normally am to your needs um because i was distracted by trying to run the roller coaster uh so i thought this might be a good time this couple of minutes with you and i to uh to talk about some stuff you know i read i read something this week that Either I read it or I watched it where I, I thought of you and I thought, you know, it's interesting. I wonder if you ever contemplated this. The guy said, you know, people always talk about, oh, you shouldn't overthink. And he said, there's no such thing as overthinking. There's just thinking about the wrong things. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of that? Well, I think. <laughs> In fact, that might have been, you know what? That might have been Kepka who said that. He said people think or no, I don't you know who said that. Bryson DeChambeau. I was watching the uh, fairy. The scientist. Interv- you know, I, we- anyway, um, I'm just so frustrated. Say what you're going to say. No, I'm just so frustrated. All these fucking golf commentators. Every time they, you know, you, I could tell you every time they go to every different player, here's what they're going to say. Bryson's the scientist. Kepka's got a chip on his shoulder. Ricky's the this. I mean, they all it's just think of something new. Anyway, DeShambo says, people say I overthink. And he says, I don't think so. I think sometimes you're just thinking about the wrong thing. What do you think of that? My conviction is that people spend too much time thinking they think their thoughts are who they are and and that's reality our thoughts are just stuff that bubble up we don't even know where our thoughts come from they're like the bubbles coming up from a champagne glass 
I think that if by paying attention to all our thinking and everything in our minds, that's where we get distracted. It becomes thinking about thinking. Yeah. And, and, and that's, that's you and I referred to it before, is that, that spiral vortex of death, as we call it. You know, you, you're, you get into this mode of thinking and it becomes like, it just compounds itself. Um, you have a certain thought and then a judgment comes up. Is it that the right thought? Am I doing the right thing? How yeah. am I going the right course? It just all compounds on each other. And so I think in, <laughs> you're right. I think people think the wrong things because they're focused so much generally on, am I doing the right thing? Evaluating themselves constantly. And that's just not a good way to be. You're not going to be able to, particularly say on the golf course, take advantage of your skill and talent if you're thinking, thinking, and worrying all the time. Well, you know, a lot of people refer to think of him or Bryson DeChambeau as, a, you know, he's all these calculations and all these preparations. And, and of course, another thing, all the golf commentators, well, he's a scientist, but he's also an artist. Oh, God. But you can see what, what Doolin was saying about Chambeau and other, DeChambeau and other professionals is he takes care of everything he can prior to impact and then it's done and and yeah he has a lot of things that go into it but he's also a very that I, I've been really watched a lot of Faraday this year but that interview with him DeChambeau you get a real sense he's just a kid he just happens to be a really smart one like you know what I mean? Like he's not just a pre- he had a he has a degree a science degree from SMU a physics degree. Like he's not a physics. Yeah, he's not a he's not a stupid person. So how his brain works is this way. He loves to analyze. I just read an article this morning. He spent fourteen hours on the range recently and hit a hundred and twenty five golf balls. Not a lot. So for all that time. All that time because. Because he enjoys it. He has a, a, the kind of mind that wants to, you know, deconstruct and put back together. Now, not everyone's going to take that kind of time, obviously. But I think the takeaway is that if you're thinking, you're, you're, you're listen, you, you got to think, think something. You're out there. You have a nine iron. It's 137. The pin's on the right. You got to take all that into consideration. But to your point, if you're always concerned with outcome, it's impossible to release the golf shot. But if you're concerned with what you can take care of, your preparation, uh, calculations, and all that, and then over the ball you kind of go, well, I'll just leave it up to my to my subconscious, or as Hebron says, get over the ball, and you can, and there are no more, there are no more words. There's just images and and feelings. Yeah, and letting your body do what it knows how to do. I think there's a big difference that, and, and people get confused about you know how how you use your mind in a in an effective way. And the I'll start with the ineffective way is when we're constantly thinking and evaluating and judging and and it becomes like the mouse on the wheel. And uh, you know when you ha- when you're a kid, if you had a mouse or a gerbil, that thing's going round and round and round. That's what happens with our thoughts, and they just compound on each other, and that's just ineffective. What someone like Bryson DeChambeau is doing, he's calling upon knowledge that he's built over time. And he's assimilated it, and he's proved it to himself, and he's got the evidence for it. So he's not hes not doing all these, uh, say, um, he's not going through mental gyration of, is this right, is this wrong? No, he's taking information, 
And you know what? He's basically going, yeah, I'm going with this, not going with this. This is what feels right to him based on his experience. And that's why I talk ad infinitum. <laughs> Anyone who's listened to this show is you connect with what's going on in your body, quite frankly. And your decisions that you make will feel good. You'll feel okay with it. But with your thinking and you, you put yourself through this Everything has to go through this filter. Is this right? What are people going to think about it? Does it meet a model? You will feel discomfort in your body. You feel tension because your body's going like, I don't know. Do I have to run away from here, stand and fight, all that kind of thing? So it's the misnomer is that people think that someone like Bryson DeChambeau and other smart people are, are constantly trying to figure stuff out. No, they're drawing upon their previous evidence and knowledge that they already have. Uh, you know, I think sometimes you, you know, you and I have had these discussions where, you know, recently you think, oh, you've come around to my way of thinking. It's, it's not true. I've always believed that, that there's a, that having a, a sound mental approach has nothing to do with hitting a golf ball or your golf swing. But what I what I've come to realize, a lot of it was reading Hebron's book and talking to him, and and also getting frustrated, finally being frustrated that you know that repetition of a golf motion doesn't make you a golfer, and I put a lot of my attention on that. <clears throat> Excuse me, but. I think sometimes you say it's in your body, and I think Hebron would say, and I kind of believe this, that everything that happens to you, there, are, like he would say, there are, there's no such thing as muscle memory. All this is happening in your brain. But exactly. He would, but he would say you need to turn off your conscious thinking, which is what most of us, a lot of golfers, will stand over a ball and go through a laundry list of yeah, things yeah. of things that they need to do to create this motion. And Hebron would say, you know, if you rolled up a piece of paper and threw it into a wastebasket, you could do that with an unconscious a, a trust in your ability to it. And yet, for some reason, we can't make the leap to do that over a golf swing. Now, last summer, uh, Swing Thought listeners would remember I said at one point, I had this epiphany, part of it was talking to Charles, about, I said to him, well, I realized you can't think about doing this activity while you're doing it, which is kind of a roundabout way of saying, you know, it's in your body, but I would say um, it's in your body and in your unconscious mind, you know somewhere and you have to trust that it's in there. So you have a 40-yard pitch over a, a bunker. That might cause some some stress if you start worrying about the outcome. But if you can trust that unconsciously, your body will figure out and feel that relationship to the target without you having to remember how to hit a 40-yard pitch shot. What do you think of that? Well, exactly. It's almost like – so one thing I do with uh, – particularly with, with new clients – so I'll do a thing. I'll, be, I'll almost like be like a football receiver, <laughs> and we'll just start playing catch with a golf ball, and we'll just and I'll ask for just throw the ball to my hand, and I'll have my hand like you know up near my head. That ball will go right to that hand, and I'll put my hand down near my knee. They'll throw the ball, and it'll go right, and then I'll start maybe running pass patterns, <laughs> and they always <laughs> throw like they can get the ball right to me, and they're of not course. thinking about release point or 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 shifting their weight or anything. Because our bodies, and in fact, it's our mind and body. It's it's a mind-body experience. It'll figure it figures it out. And the 
the problem with that we have in golf is that we 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 need to. I think it's. I'm going to draw upon the uh, podcast we did a, a couple episodes ago with with George Durrani. We're always so concerned, generally, about outcome and how's this going to work out. In essence, am I going to be safe? So I'm going to try to control my world to make myself feel better. I'm going to focus on my swing plane or shifting my weight because for some reason that makes me feel safer and I'll get the outcome I want. And in fact, we just that unfortunately just causes us to get in our our own way so that we can in fact throw a golf ball to somebody if we're thinking about release point you just you you create tension and you focus on outcome as as opposed to just be in the experience let that sucker go yeah and a lot of tension you know again i've experienced it personally and i've read about it and you can see it with other people a lot of attention uh, attention, I should say, is created because we're trying to do it the right way, the way that somebody told us right. to do it. And I and I really, really resonated and connected with the, the idea. And I, again, this is a Hebron concept of a lot of frustration comes from the they sort of, well, my my teacher told me to do this and I can't do it. So I must be stupid. Right. And that's why I used to get mad at myself. I thought, wow, you know, I've practiced all this time and I'm not getting it. But, but you I, were getting in your own way. But I was not only getting in my own way. I was also concentrating 90% of my time on my golf swing. And as he says, and I truly believe this, that there, it's only 10%, the golf swing. You know, I've spent more time this winter chipping and pitching and you know, getting physically fit and in better shape and, and mentally stronger. Like, I've spent a lot less time wondering on my backswing if I'm on plane or not. Although I would tell you being on plane is better than being off plane. Just for, you know, just, <laughs> just, for shits, just for shits and giggles. But the way Hebron describes it is if you're in the ballpark, if you're kind of on plane, then that's good enough. You don't need to be a robot to hit a golf ball. Excuse me. Yeah, absolutely. Well, one of the fun things about doing this show is we get to talk to a lot of really cool people. And uh, we had Hebron on. It was a couple months ago, right? Was it a month ago? We've had him on twice this winter. Yeah. But we also have uh, developed a, a friend of show is uh, Ed Coughlin. Oh, yeah. Uh, who's a Ph.D. in uh, Cork, Ireland. And he's a skill ac- acquisition expert. So we're not just it's not just two guys talking on a podcast we got a lot of really interesting people who we can draft off their experience and ed coglin uh said to me that the science has shown that if you are say thinking about what you are doing while doing it to your point if you're trying to control emotion or change it you're slowing yourself down yep you can't fully release a club. The The science has shown that due largely to the tension that's in your body, you're slowing yourself down. And you know, people wonder why maybe they're not hitting the ball, you know, with that resounding smack that they want or getting the distance. or 
they are in fact getting in their own way by trying to direct the motion. And here's proof. And we're gonna we have to wrap this up soon because I got to start editing it. But here's proof of what you just said. Think about the number of times you see high level players, Rory, Brooks, Tiger, all these people. They get over a shot, a drive, a sh- whatever, and it just goes off the planet. And here's why: because they are not trying to steer it. And, you know, sometimes you'll see a a tour player, happens to all of us, but I'm fascinated. When I see a tour player, you know, hit one and it just goes way right or way left. And you're thinking, how could that happen? It's because they have completely bought into the idea that they just, they they can't control it. And so sometimes it goes off. And it's like you can see the look on their face. They're like, oh, you know, like there it is because... They didn't know where it was going to go because they were swinging with such abandon that there is going to be times when it's going to go, you know, here and there. But it's the it's the old Newton thing. You know, you've got to give up control to gain some control, but you can never gain complete control. And that's why it's a fun game. You just never know what's going to happen. That's why that's why if you well, you can't control outcome. and, And that's why. You and I say over and over again, folks, if if you would just, <laughs> if you change your focus to something you can control, it's like to have some fun, enjoy being with your partners, looking around, um, and just if you bring your focus to that, you know, second and a half or so that you're standing over the ball, that's, that's all you can do. But if it's all about hitting this certain number and I, does my swing look good, did I put a good stroke on it? Golf just is not as much fun, and we just make the game incredibly more difficult. All right, we're going to leave it there. Uh, there you go. There's some little extra stuff for you guys. Uh, Tim O'Connor, sweet man that he is. You know, geez, hey, he's trying to help you guys. What the fuck? <laughs> um, come on already. If I can yeah, hit, hit him up, well. give Tim a call. Have been, hey, have you been outside yet? Hit any golf balls on, uh, oh, yeah. on turf? Oh, yeah, I hit some... Uh, I was telling Cam I um, I hit the new driver, three-wood, hybrid, and this fucking beast of a three. I'm going to tell you, I've got this thing. It's called the, the, a three, the, gap the gapper. But I got the, gapper, the, yeah. but I got the uh, driving iron version, not the hybrid-y version. Uh-huh. I would tell you, I was hitting that. Because the Hidden Lakes range is open. Vic Hadfield's range is open. Markham Dome range is open. There, there are a few ranges in the GTA. Have you have you actually hit a ball outside yet? I have not. I've been a very busy boy. Well, I'll tell you, this three iron, this gapper thing, I don't even know. It's ridiculous. I was hitting it. Like, I'm not nice shitting you. I was hitting like 220, 230. And, nice. and low cuts and stuff. It's crazy. Like I mean, 15 feet off the ground type well, of thing? I know we like, because people think, oh, they say that about TaylorMade because they're giving them free shit. But it's good. It's good stuff, man. And Absolutely I, it is. And I didn't get a new driver last year. I tried the M3 and M4. And I was very honest. I tried it. I couldn't get fit for it. And I kept my M2, which I love. And I was kind of worried, like, maybe I just... Um, you know, but this M6 that I have is ridiculous. Um, did you get the M5 or the M6? M5. Well, I'll tell you, I think you're you're going to really like it, and um, and I've got all the new wedges. Oh, me too. I did, well, I'm, they, they spin very nicely in my hallway. 
Yeah. <laughs> Same with mine. Boy, I should take some pictures and put it up on our Facebook page. By the way, if you guys could do that for us, just go get a bunch of people to like our Facebook page. That way we can make it look like we're really trying to do the best we can for our sponsors. But we are. Yeah. And we want and you to. subscribe. If, if you don't already, yeah, subs- subscribe. go to iTunes, okay. subscribe to us, and give us some feedback. Give us Review some... our show. Tell us what you like. But, but... And if there's something you want to suggest, do that. Only tell us the good things, though, because we're very sensitive. <laughs> All right, I got to go, dude. I'll, I'm going to hang up. I'll see you later. You're a good Bye. man. There's Tim O'Connor. Bye. Too many faces.